Welcome to the Sunflower Conversations, where we explore the hidden disability sunflower and its role in supporting people with hidden disabilities. Welcome to the Sunflower Conversations with Chantal. Joining me today is Megan Winters. Megan is the Hidden Disability Sunflower Programme Regional Partner in the US and co-founder of AbleView. So this is very exciting. Um, it's a new regional partner and we are going to find out a bit more about Megan and AbleView. So welcome, Megan. How are you? I'm so good. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, well, let's start off. Can you tell tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, well, personally, um, well, I, I'm the co-founder, as you mentioned, of uh, Able Eyes and Able View. Um, I live in the United States in Michigan, uh, near Lansing. Lansing is the capital of Michigan and a little town outside of Lansing. Uh, I am a, a wife. I am a mother of two boys, 13 and 16, and I am just a super, super passionate advocate for accessibility and inclusion. So I guess that then brings us on to AbleView, Able, Able Eyes. I think it, Able is obviously leaning towards access, accessibility. So can you give us some information about, you know, what service do you provide and uh, a little bit of background of how you um, created the company and, and what the demand is like for it? Yeah, absolutely. So um, my background is that I was a special education teacher and I taught students on the autism spectrum. And through that experience, I just realized that uh, the families that I was working with were not feeling comfortable or able to have the same types of community experiences as families that don't have a child on the spectrum or with a disability. Um, and, and the reason for that is that one of the common characteristics, and I'm sure you and your audience already know this, but one of the common characteristics is um, that people on the spectrum have difficulty with transition, they rely on routine, don't like going to new places all the time, it causes a lot of anxiety. And so, um, you know, I thought, what if, uh, you know, I could come up with a solution for this problem? And um, so I was at a conference in Chicago um, when I was still teaching and I saw a virtual tour for the first time, like virtual tours being like where you can like click through a space and, you know, see it like on Google Maps. And I just so, so distinctly like remember thinking like this is it. This is what I'm meant to do. I am meant to create something that helps people explore places beforehand so that they can have really meaningful experiences um, as a family. Um, and one of the reasons this story really stands out to me um, when I was teaching still uh, a parent called on a Monday morning and she was sobbing. And I said, oh my gosh, what's wrong? She said, um, no, 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 these are, these are, uh, I thought something had happened. And she said, no, no, these are, these are happy tears. And I said, oh, okay, well, great. What happened? And uh, she said, we went out to dinner as a, an entire family this weekend for the first time in my son's life. And I get goosebumps even like telling that story right now uh, because I just remember thinking, what 
her son was nine at the time in my classroom. And so for nine years, yeah, for nine years, that is something that that family never experienced. They never experienced someone having a selection of food to choose from, someone cooking a meal for them, someone serving them a meal, cleaning up their meal. Like that is something that I realize I take for granted. Mm-hmm. I, um, you know, I have a son that plays travel soccer and we travel all over the place. And when we're hungry, we jump off the highway and we stop anywhere. And that's just not everybody's reality. Uh, the other part of my story that's really important is uh, I had a, uh, a dear friend, Jessica. She's one of my best friends. Uh, she was a wheelchair user and had muscular dystrophy. And her and I lived together in college. And uh, although we were friends prior to college, living with her day in and day out was really eye-opening as well uh, as to the types of challenges that come to play for someone with a physical disability. And not at all about accessibility or ADA or, uh, and those things are really important, but it's just more about what to know ahead of time. Um, you know, what to expect. Is the restroom going to work? Because, you know, we needed a restroom that would fit her chair, me, and enough room for me to transfer her. And that wasn't always the case. And even though they may have had an accessible stall, they're just, they're all just so different. So knowing ahead of time would have made a really huge difference for us. So um, Jessica, unfortunately, passed away uh, several years ago as a result of her muscular dystrophy. But uh, what I do now is very much in honor of her and her time on this earth. And uh, she's, she's definitely on this journey with me. So um, those, are the, those are the two things that started this journey. And in 2017 is when the original company, Ableize, started. And, uh, and that evolved into AbleView. So Ableize was a virtual tour search platform. So the idea being that you could search like by city or state, or by business name and find businesses that have virtual tours that you could explore ahead of time. Things were going fantastic. We were um, across the US and actually had just expanded into the UK. Um, And uh, when I last year in January did a pitch competition, which was like a shark tank for tech companies. um, And I won, which I still to this day can't even wrap my brain around how much life has changed in the last year. And uh, so through that, they're looking to work with companies that would be infinitely scalable and have an impact on the world. And uh, super honored to say that we were we were one of those. Um, And one of the things that we realized when we were reimagining this was uh, virtual tours are amazing. And I still believe best practice. However, we are preaching equity of access and we were providing a tool that wasn't necessarily equitable to businesses because virtual tours come with a price tag. Uh, not, I wouldn't say it's a super pricey um, price tag, but not, I mean, we work with ice cream shops and coffee shops and we work with hospitals and universities. So, you know, hospital and university might not bat an eye at, at, at a price where, you know, to an ice cream shop, that is, you know, a good chunk of their, of their profit and mm. they can't afford it. So what are the, what's the what's the key differences then? Yeah. Uh, so on AbleView, um, if a business has a virtual tour, they can add their virtual tours on there, like the link to their virtual tour. But if they don't, they that section just disappears. It collapses. Nobody you know knows otherwise. But then we added a ton of other information. 
So for example, we added a photo section where, you know, businesses, and we try to like educate businesses on what would be important as far um, as somebody that has a physical or invisible disability, like entrances and exits and restrooms. And, uh, you know, we even have a, a, um, a zoo that we work with that has, they took a picture of their family restroom and in their family restrooms, they intentionally do not have hand dryers because someone with sensory sensitivities um, might not be, might cause anxiety for somebody with sensory sensitivities. So on their profile, they show a picture of this family restroom and explain in the text information, you know, why they've done that. And so then people know ahead of time, okay, we're going to this zoo. Uh, we know that we can go to the, one of these two bathrooms and find a bathroom that doesn't have a hand dryer. So uh, it gives the business a lot of flexibility to create whatever profile they think is going to best meet the needs of their visitors. Um, so there are pictures, text information, there's a list of accessibility features um, across all disabilities. So, you know, do they have a quiet room? Do they have sensory backpacks? Do they have braille? Uh, do they, you know, offer American Sign Language? Uh, are there, do they have accessible styles? So we really try to cover all of the um, accessibility features. But what we don't do is we don't rate, judge, critique, point out anything that anyone is like lacking or not doing. Um, we want this to be a really, really positive place for people to, uh, to, to, so that we can celebrate businesses that are willing to be transparent. The The person on the spectrum has very different needs from the person with post-traumatic stress disorder or the person that's a wheelchair user or the person that is uses a cane. Um, yeah. So, you know, accessibility is just so different. I, and I know that you, you know that because you guys work with so many different uh, disabilities as well. And so, you know, how do you create a, a, a place where people can find all of that information? And so yeah. that's what we're trying to do. And I think um, actually what, what you're doing, the companies, the businesses that you're working with, because they they want to be a part of it, it just allows the the visitor, the customer to then open up that conversation with that um, business directly, doesn't it? Because it's very, it's probably, it's quite a challenge to meet everybody's accessible needs in, in one hit, but you have to start somewhere. And that's what we always say to organizations that join the sunflower, just make a start, just make a start, yeah. join. And then the conversations will help to sort of drive, you know, your approach to um, EDI. So, and disability inclusion. So um, yeah, it sounds, it sounds fantastic. And you, you mentioned zoos. So you've got zoos, hospitals, have you got the little um, ice cream parlors as well? We we do, absolutely. Um, we basically anything that's open to the public. Um, I used to say brick and mortar, but it doesn't have to be brick and mortar. We have beaches and we have parks. And um, so just really anything that's open to the public, uh, it could benefit, it is beneficial to have that information. And so when they create a profile as well, um, there's two other features that I think really benefit the business is um, there's a place for accessibility questions, exactly what you just said. Um, so somebody can ask a question. Uh, I like the, a great example of this might be, uh, do you have family restrooms? Um, I was just talking to a mother, she has a teenage son on the spectrum. And um, so it's not appropriate for him to go into the women's room and it's not appropriate for her to go in the men's room. So they need a, a family restroom. 
So she asked, she could ask the question, you know, do you have a family restroom? And the business that educates the business immediately. So maybe they do. And they all of a sudden think, okay, we should add a picture of our family restroom. That's something that's meaningful mm. to um, you know our visitors. Uh, if they don't, it becomes education as to why that's important, because maybe they have no experience working or experience understanding that uh, why somebody would need to be in a bathroom together and assist somebody. And uh, so I like to I like to think that this is going to be one celebrating businesses and two educating businesses. And then the second benefit for the businesses is they can take that URL link to their profile and add it to their website. Uh, that is something that is lacking on so many websites is one spot for all accessibility information. Um, and that is where, and that is also where the Sunflower program comes in too. You are listening to the Sunflower Conversations with Chantal. To learn more about the Sunflower, visit our website. Details are in the show notes. Yes, I was going to ask you, how did you, how did you, let, so what's, what's your journey with the Hidden Disability Sunflower been? How did you discover it? What do you think about it? It is one of my favorite things in the whole world. <laughs> um, and I probably, I'm guessing that I probably discovered it on uh, social media. I likely, it's been a few years now, I likely just reached out and said, I would love to learn more about this. And I have two stories that uh, are really, really uh, meaningful to, to the mission um, behind the Sunflower Program. Um, one is when I was going through college, I um, also worked at a uh, in, in, in-home program for children on the spectrum that were at risk of being removed from their home due to really significant behaviors. And it was difficult for, you know, it's dangerous for families and dangerous for the siblings. And so there was a program that this was state funded that would bring someone into the home to like assist in those situations. And so I would take, um, you know, clients out into the community and in their home, we'd practice, you know, daily living skills. And um, I took this little girl out to dinner one time at a restaurant, which we did often um, because that community exposure was really important. Um, and she became really upset in a parking lot and dropped to the ground. And she started banging the back of her head on on the you know cement. Oh my gosh, that was parking lot. That's yeah. terrifying. Yeah. And so I, I immediately, you know, ran over to her. Um, and put my hands under the back of her head to protect her head so that she didn't injure herself. And um, as I'm trying to de-escalate the situation and, you know, try and, you know, help her through this moment, there were cars driving by, like, honking and yelling, like, stop hurting that girl, stop hurting that little girl. Mm -hmm. And so when I think of the Sunflower Program, I think of um, how it creates empathy in the world. Because um, had the sunflower been something that everybody knew about and had she had a sunflower lanyard on, somebody would have maybe been less judgmental and more empathetic or maybe even offered to help. Yeah. Um, And so that's like, that's where I see that going is it becomes um, a tool that creates empathy in the world and it creates awareness in the world. Um, So in that situation, yeah. And how many parents, again, back to, my story of parents not going out into the community. Can you imagine why they don't go out into the community if that is the reaction of people in the community? 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, that's that's why it's been created. And my second story is really personal and just happened a couple weeks ago. Okay. Um, so my mother has had epilepsy, um, had really significant seizures for most of her life. And about 20 years ago, she had a brain surgery that um, like clipped a section of her brain and that the section that was creating the seizures and it was supposed to you know stop the seizures and it did. She has not had a seizure since. So highly successful. Um, one of the possible side effects of that surgery was that she would have um, memory loss. And so she does have significant memory loss, um, short-term memory loss. So she can remember her childhood. She can remember the streets that she lived on and the addresses and the phone numbers when she was little. Uh, but she can't necessarily remember how to you know, turn on the computer or turn on her phone. So a few weeks ago, she wanted to um, go visit a friend that lived in Virginia. And so, you know, I bought her plane ticket and I took her to the airport. And, um, she, you know, I could only get her to TSA. So after TSA, I was like, I kept trying to remind her, you know, what to do next, what to do next. Like, how, how do you prepare her for the whole rest of the, the rest of the airport. Yeah. And, um, right at TSA, uh, I could tell that she was like confused. They took her bag, they took her bag and they were, they searched her bag, um, because I think she had a lotion or something that maybe was questionable in size. And, uh, so then they were searching her bag and she didn't understand why they were searching her bag and she was confused. And I was like, oh my gosh, I wish she had a sunflower lanyard right now because the TSA was getting, they were kind, they were super kind, but I could tell that they were like maybe getting frustrated with her because she was so unsure about what's going yeah. on. Yeah. Um, and one of the TSA officers did um, walk up to me and say, uh, is your mother have uh, losing her memory or, you know, she have like Alzheimer's and I said, no, you know, she doesn't have Alzheimer's, but she does have memory issues. So I explained the situation and she said, Oh, she said, you know, I understand that, you know, my mother has Alzheimer's and so I, I can like see what's happening right now. Um, and she said, you know, just so you know, in the future, you could go to her gate with her, which I didn't know. Um, and then on the way back, I signed her up for TSA cares so that uh, she, TSA would have some knowledge of her memory issues when she went mm -hmm. through. And again, uh, I had never participated in that with her. And so that was um, a great experience, but I remember, I just was thinking if she had a sunflower yeah. lanyard on right now, you know, a lot of this could have been a lot easier understood by both sides. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. And just um, picking up on your, on your mom's memory, I'm just interested the memory loss, the short-term memory loss, did that happen immediately or has it got just sort of accelerated over time? It happened immediately. So, um, so basically she had the surgery and then as soon as she had the surgery, like she could still remember, I think what does happen though is so she could remember before the surgery. So basically anything before the surgery, she could remember. Um, so maybe immediately after the surgery, it wasn't as noticeable because she could remember, right. you know, two weeks ago. Yes. Um, but as it progressed now, it's a month ago, a year ago. Um, and she, you know, so so we offer, you know, we, we as her children, uh, you know, really try to support her in a lot of different ways. Um, accommodate, like things that we call accommodations are like 
using uh, like Alexa and using uh, Siri on her phone because, you know, her navigating through her phone, it just gets really confusing. But if she can just tell her phone what she wants and who she wants to call and where she wants to go, um, you know, that has been, um, those have been great accommodations for her. They have some fantastic um, accessibility features, don't they? With the fact, I mean, I'm not promoting iPhones, but I mean, they really do. I mean, you just speak into it and it tells you what you want and where you want to go. I use it as a dictionary very often. Um, Yeah. But yeah, you don't actually have to be doing, going into all of the the icons and the settings, do you? It's really clever. And in what ways do you use Alexa for her? Uh, so she can uh, pull up pictures. She can, she loves music. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I've posted some things on her walls of things that she can ask. She likes to ask for the weather Yeah. Uh, because she, she cannot navigate her phone to find the weather. Yes. Like that would be too much, but she can ask Alexa about the weather. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we've, we just have some things set up in her home so that she can, uh, you know, ask Alexa certain questions. She knows what she can ask her phone. Uh, FaceTime is a great resource for us as well. Yeah. Uh, she, she does, um, she subscribes to like a, an exercise program. It's a like yearly subscription, and but it's a streaming program. And so if her Wi-Fi gets unhooked or something like that, you know, getting her hooked back up to Wi-Fi can be really challenging over the phone. Yeah. But when she pulls up FaceTime, um, you know, she can hold it up to the TV and I'm able to walk her through, uh, you know, signing, signing back in or whatever it is that mm. wherever she's ended up on her TV. Yeah. <laughs> so technology is um, really sort of helping to, to bridge the gap and, um, allow people to be more involved in in their own lives let alone everybody else's lives so why do you see the alignment between the hidden disability such a mouthful hidden disability sunflower program and able view well i think both are on a mission to create more empathy and inclusion in the world and so for that reason i think it's it's such a natural fit um the way that we uh, envision this partnership is, um, so when a business sets up a profile, they you know they are in control of their information. And one of the sections is called programs and certifications. And so uh, there are you know some programs that we have uh, decided you know align with our values. So any businesses that sign up for uh, you know AbleView which uh, is, is really, like I said, really inexpensive. So when they create their profile, uh, if they're under these programs and certifications, the Sunflower program is one of the options. And so when a business chooses that, um, then it shows on their profile. And, and what that tells users, and the platform is free for users and always will be, um, but what that tells users is this organization has gone above and beyond. They're not just doing... Uh, you know, the very basic things to meet ADA, like they are really, really trying to be a very inclusive space. Um, And then with that, there's a link to their Sunflower profile. So they can learn more about, you know, how to, you know, access or participate in that program, you know, once they get to that destination. So um, to us, it is just a a really great way of celebrating the businesses that have, uh, you know, taken that extra step. That's brilliant. So how do you see the growth of it, you know, of, of the 
you know, the synergy between the two um, the two companies sort of pushing forward. Absolutely. And we will continue to advocate that, you know, to the businesses that we work with, uh, how important and powerful uh, this program is. And uh, so, you know, we have a partner page that, was, that has more information about the, the Sunflower program and, you know, really hope that as businesses sign up and they're seeing uh, it in the that drop down that they you know think oh I'm curious what this is and and hopefully they sign up. Just finally, um, how do people access Able View? Yeah, it's uh, it's Able View with a A B L E V U uh, dot com. Uh, currently, like I said, we are only in the United States, uh, but that's just for kind of our our V one of Able View. Our, we are actually meeting tomorrow, and one of the topics is uh, discussing how we are going to expand internationally. Uh, so more to come on that. Brilliant, brilliant. Well, um, we are very much looking forward to seeing, um, you know, where you take the sunflower to and um, really increasing people's opportunities to get out and have the experiences that they should be able to enjoy and um you know, the journey that you're taking organisations on to consider their accessibility and how they can make it, you know, inclusive for all. So thank you so much, Megan. Thank you for your time today. Yeah, thank you so much. If you'd like to share your sunflower story or conversation, please email conversations at hiddendisabilitystore.com. Find out more about us or listen to this recording again by checking out our insights page at hiddendisabilitystore.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube and LinkedIn. Please help, have patience and show kindness to others and join us again soon. Making the invisible visible with the hidden disability sunflower.